Welcome back, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome to January 2021. Uh, 2020 just keeps getting better. Here's season two of it, or whatever you want to say. I don't know. Here we go. Uh, this year, we're starting it off with every Tuesday and Friday of the month, we're talking about a different DCEU film, talking about them in order, starting with Man of Steel. So for Man of Steel, it's basically like a reboot of Superman's story type of thing where it's telling. It starts off on Krypton, which is cool because you don't really get that in any of the other uh, Superman movies. Very little. Very you get a little bit in the original Superman from like the 70s. Yeah. But that was mostly just them standing like on a flat surface. Right. So it's weird. But so like this gives you like a more alien feel to it. And it shows you like a collapse and the military takeover of Krypton, which is really cool that it shows you the planet exploding as uh, Kal-El goes away. So then it, uh, then it fast, then it skips to him as an adult saving people like as like a drifter and then it, it keeps flashing back and forth between him as an adult and him as a kid like the life lessons that his parents would teach him but but what's different about this superman compared to any other superman and what i really like about it is that it shows superman going through actual real human struggles yeah other ones are like oh no superman's like this perfect being that doesn't make mistakes but this superman he actually makes mistakes and he's actually uh having to like go through different stuff like loneliness and trying to see where he fits in stuff like that which is really different compared to like the christopher reeves or the brandon ralph superman returns where he brandon ralph superman returns he's like oh no i left but i'm back and he fits right in immediately yeah uh so like this one's different that way which i really enjoyed um, I mean, this movie, well, first starting off, because uh, you went through the whole movie there. <laughs> but, Not the whole movie. I stopped somewhere in the middle. I didn't even mention he became Superman yet. Oh, it, does he become Superman in this movie? Yeah. Well, they don't call him <laughs> Superman. <laughs> um, so, I mean, just right away, starting off, I really love, uh, first off, the cast of this movie. You have Henry Cavill. C- Cavill? Cavill? Cavill. Henry Cavill is Superman, which... Before this movie, I don't think I had heard of him, um, but he's a Brit and he does great as the role. And um, so he's awesome. And then Amy Adams, I've always loved her. I still love her. She's great. Um, she is Lois Lane. And then we have uh, uh, Kevin Costner. Is that what his name is? Yep. That uh, He plays Paul Kent. As Superman's Earth dad, human dad. And then we have um, Russell Crowe as his Russell Crowe as Space Dad, and um, who who plays Martha? Martha Kent is played by Diane Keaton. Yeah, there we go. And honestly, all all oh, and um, Lawrence Fishburne as the boss of Daily Planet. And then uh, this is another Michael Shannon movie. We just talked about one. Oh yeah, yeah, the other day. And honestly, then the entire time I was watching this movie, I kept thinking about like. So you're telling me first he tries to destroy, he uh, kills people on Krypton. Then he goes to Earth. Then he dies from Superman. Then he starts selling weed to a bunch of high school kids. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> well, what, what, I really, cause what I really liked about this Zod compared to, if you look at Superman 2, the, yeah. Zod, in, the uh, Zod from that one. The Zod in that one, yeah, he's a cold person. And he doesn't really express his emotions. 
which was perfect for that movie. In right. this movie, this this Zod expresses his anger, expresses, oh yeah, I have a purpose. My whole purpose from the day I was born was to protect the Kryptonian people. That was my whole purpose. And you right. took that, per- and then he said, mentioned that uh, Superman took that purpose away from him by basically wiping out the rest of the Kryptonians. Yeah, so, I mean, um, I wish I had had time to rewatch Superman 1 and 2 because this is kind of um, a reboot of those two movies in a way. Um, but I wish, so I wish I had been able to rewatch those. But um, yeah, I mean, General Zod is great in this movie and you get a different aspect that you didn't in the other films where they're telling you, from conception, these uh, Kryptonians have yep. their purpose set in place as they're be as they're in their womb or whatever you want to call it because it's all in a lab. Uh, their their purpose is being implanted into them from the moment they're uh, born. Yeah, not, uh, well, before they're born, but like whatever. I I don't know because it's in a lab, but whatever. <laughs> Well, they're in those weird pods, and they meant and they mentioned on uh, the beginning of the scene on Krypton, uh, uh, Superman's dad mentions that for generations nobody's had a natural birth. That's how people are born, and yeah. they're uh, when they're born, they already have a purpose, so they're designed uh, with a purpose, uh, so that each person knows what they're supposed to do in in that society. And, I and think that that, that I Superman think he was said the first. That's... Uh, Superman was the first natural birth in generations, he said. I think he said it was like 1,500 years. Yeah. Which is so crazy to think about. Um, I don't know. I mean, because uh, I was watching this movie last night, and, well, first off, um, I watched um, Star Wars Episode Two well after watching this movie. Like, I watched that movie – way later than I should have. Cause I think it came out in 2002. I watched it probably about 2014 for the first time. Okay. Um, but the beginning of this movie on Krypton reminds me a lot of that movie. Um, actually it's either episode two or episode three where Obi-Wan's riding around on that one weird thing. Um, oh, that's episode three. Uh, Superman's dad. What, what the heck is his name? Uh, Jor-El. Jarell, yeah, Jarell's riding around on the dragon or whatever, and it always reminds me of Obi Wan riding around on that thing, as well as like just the way they designed the city reminds me a lot of um, Episode Two with uh, them flying around the city where um, uh, Anakin falls down and then he does land on the spaceship. Like a lot of it reminds me of that. It reminds me of a weird mix of Episode Two and uh, the Fifth Element. But done okay. in such a good way, and this is so much more of a serious movie than both of those. Um, and it's like overall the material is taken so seriously, but so well done. And there's just like this entire movie, like it's serious, but it has like this like peace to it that like Superman carries with him everywhere, like at all times. He just has this like sense of like peace and purpose and um that he that he kind of just brings with him and as he's talking to different people and stuff you you just see it with his interactions especially with um when he's captured 
he he you can see him sitting down with Lois Lane and then he can see everyone on the other side of this uh one way glass and, or one way window and you know he's just talking talking to everybody holding himself together and being so calm and with how he holds himself together you're like this is it's really inspirational in a lot of ways but at the same time it's weird cuz I'm like I'm not superman but also like I mean, I feel like we should all have the ability to hold ourselves and walk like that. But I, what I really liked about this movie is that uh, the story, you have Paul Kent telling him, you need to hide who you are. The world's not ready for you to know that you're, you exist. Um, so like uh, when he saved the kids from the, uh, the bus that went off the bridge, uh, when he was like a 10 or 12 or whatever. And he saved everybody else. And he's like, "What? did you want me to just let him die? Then he's like, I don't know, maybe. So that nobody knows that he has these powers. But then when he finally meets uh, Jor-El on the ancient Kryptonian ship in the North Pole, I think it was. Or maybe it was Antarctica. But when he finally meets him there in that crashed ship, uh, he tells him, oh, about how every Kryptonian was bred with a purpose, except for uh, Superman. And that he could choose his own path, but he wants him to be like uh, like a savior figure for all of a mankind, which right. puts a lot of pressure on him. So that's what uh, that's what I like about uh, this movie is you get the two different aspects of his different fathers pushing him in different directions. One wants him to hide who he is, and one wants him to be, I guess, like basically Superman, like the savior figure from the comics. But you don't get that in this movie. You get like a mix of the two. Where yeah, he's saving people in that fight in uh, I just think it's Smallville with the two Kryptonians he's fighting, and then the uh, military comes in, and he's still saving people as he's fighting them. A lot of people complain that there's too much destruction, but you still see him saving the people. You can't stop the destruction, right? But he's still saving people as he's fighting off these Kryptonians. So it's there's a lot to this story that people complained about for some reason because. Um, but if you even the smaller details, it, the end fight scene with Zod, when they're in that construction site, there's a uh, board on the wall behind Superman that says like 260 something day, like 60 days since an incident or something like that. And then when Zod punches Superman into it and he falls, you can see the number change to zero. So it's small details like that. Yeah. The uh, satellite in space that they uh, fight each other into says uh, Wayne enterprises on it a bunch of like the trucks and buildings say lax corp on it so you see these small details that are building this bigger world and bigger universe that aren't just being shoved down your throat being like oh don't forget we got other characters out there right it's still telling a really good story and a really good movie while building these other characters so that's what i really liked about this first movie in the dceu is that it does a great job with being a great uh, overall movie, but it lays the foundation for other stuff. Yeah, it kind of just like clues you in that, I mean, not really clues you in because obviously we know this exists, but just letting you know like, hey, this stuff exists in this world, but they also do a really good job keeping it a confined story and confined movie where um, it can stand alone really, really well. Yeah. And honestly, um, like just rewatching it last night, because I think this is the first time I'd rewatched it in a really long time. I really like this movie, but um it's it's so serious and well done but also so long that it's hard to just watch regularly 
um, which is good because I think I think certain movies you have to hold or certain movies have uh, just the right value and everything to appreciate them that it's not good to watch it just constantly the same movie. Um, yeah. And other movies are great for that, but this one, it's better not to. Um, but that being said, like, I think, honestly, I think this is my favorite um, uh, origins film, origin story film. Okay. Um, cause, because it's so well done and there's just like, honestly, there's just like such a piece to, in like the whole movie with how the score is done. Cause the score of this movie is so, so good. And um, the way they do the beginning with uh, Krypton and everything looks so good because I think so many movies right now have so much CGI in them. And this movie has a lot, but it like the CGI is good. And right now we're in a spot where so, so often they just rush the CGI and you're like, this just looks fake. But yeah. even on Krypton, like it feels and looks real. It's so well done. And the way they do the flashbacks and like, it's not just like a story of some kid growing up to be Superman. It's a story of a guy who grows up figuring out how to deal with these different powers and stuff that one, he doesn't know yet that he's from a different planet, but it's kind of just showing the memories of like when he figured out that one, he's got different powers and he's different. And, uh, but he is from a different planet and, how to use this for good and not evil and how to um, cause like you said, even um, his earth dad, his human dad uh, was telling him the the world's not ready for that. But to me, I took that as they're not ready yet. So don't show that yet. Uh, there will be a time, but right now is not the time. And that you kind of see that when he meets his, uh, when he meets Jarrell, um, cause Jarrell's saying him, you know, you have this responsibility to be more of a savior figure to the world because you can give to be to them and give to them what they aren't able to do for themselves. And uh, his human dad was Jonathan Kent, right? Yeah. Jonathan Kent is kind of telling him, like, you know, the world's not ready for you, but you have the ability to choose if you're going to be good or if you're if, or if you're not. And when kids are picking on you and trying to start fights and stuff, you have the ability to choose, Hey, am I going to destroy this kid's life right now with one hit? Or am I just going to hold back? And you see him struggle with it. Cause it's gotta be hard to figure out like, Hey, I have this power. I have the ability to, you know, take on anybody I want to that's, you know, going to try and start fights or whatever, but you see him, make the decision to be a good person. And it's, it's so inspiring to see somebody say, you know what, you can, you can try and start stuff. You can call me names. You can pour beer on my head, but I'm, I'm going to hold back and I'm going to walk away because it's not that big of a deal. Now I want to interrupt you right there because you mentioned the scene I was thinking of uh, where he's working like as a bus boy in like a restaurant bar type of thing. Yeah, and there's a patron there hitting on uh, one of the waitresses and like trying to force her to sit on his lap and smacking her butt. And he steps in and intervenes, and the dude pours a beer on his head and then tries pushing him. And then uh, he he ends up walking away. 
But then when the guy goes outside, he sees that his semi truck is uh, like impaled on like this uh, telephone post. So I was just thinking uh, that that scene to me is similar to you've seen the recent Captain Marvel movie, right? Yeah. Okay. I wish I scene, hadn't. <laughs> there's a there's a scene because I'm trying to compare these two. There's a scene in that movie where she's outside like this 7-Eleven type of thing, like a, a convenience store, and a dude pulls up on a motorcycle, and uh, she's like reading like a newspaper or like a map or something, and he tells her he he says he says like hello to her, and she just completely ignores him, and then he tells her that she's a smile. So she takes that as, hey, steal my motorcycle. So a lot of people have uh, complained about Superman destroying this dude's semi and said that that's out of character for him. And that's not the heroic, uh, like what a hero would do. But they said that what Captain Marvel would do was sticking up for herself. And that that stealing that dude's bike is what a hero would do. I mean, I I think it's completely different because uh, in Superman, in Man of Steel, he was sticking up for the waitress. He was trying to stop that dude, and he, and he was trying to intervene, and she told him not to, so he went and did something, not physically to him, but he did something that would let him, basically let him know, I probably shouldn't treat people that way. This is yeah. probably why that happened to me. The other dude, hey, you should smile more. Oh, somebody stole my motorcycle. It doesn't really add up. Like, well, I don't, I don't know that one was defended and this one uh, was criticized. I don't know if you've seen it or not happening, but apparently people think uh, being told to smile more is like sexist now. Apparently people think only girls are told to smile. I promise you I'm told to smile all the time, all the time. But I don't, uh, see, like, I don't I'm, see I'm why... sure that could be taken. I'm sure that exact phrase can be said in a wrong context, but I promise you. I'm told to smile all the time. It's not just like a sexist thing. But yeah, it's not because in there's a show that I've, I've been watching recently on HBO called The Middle. It's a, I think it's a CBS show, but uh, I don't know for sure. But Malcolm um, in the Middle? No, it's called The Middle. It's with the janitor from Scrubs. He's like a dad. Oh, really? He's a different character, but he's he has his own show with the mom from Everybody Loves Raymond. The hot so mom? Or the uh, old mom? The young mom who's now like 50 something when she's in the show trying to pretend oh. she's still like 40. Um, <laughs> well, so they're in the show together and like for one of the episodes is like they're doing New Year's resolutions, but they have to write them for each other. But nobody tells them who wrote theirs. The dad's was that he has to smile more. That was literally his resolution. And then so then at the end of the episode, they tell each other who wrote it. And the mom's like, yeah, I wrote it for you. I really like your smile. I think you should smile more. And that's literally, and I'm like, oh, that was so sexist when that (laughs) happened. (laughs) Like, it doesn't really make sense. But, like, that's why I hated that scene in Captain Marvel where she steals the motorcycle for literally no reason besides him, like, pulling up and be like, hey, how are you doing? And she ignored him, and he goes, you should smile more. And then walked inside. That's literally the whole, like, the whole scene. And she just takes his motorcycle. I mean, I get that, like, sure, people can use, say that in, like, a terrible, demeaning tone. But also, but like, how it was I want movie. I want people to know, like, listen, I've had plenty of people tell me that exact same thing, and I'm smiling right now as I'm saying this. I smile all the time, and people tell me I should smile more. Like, it's it's not, oh, like I'm sure it's said in terrible sexist ways or whatever. But like, I want you to know, like, it doesn't. It's not just always a sexist thing to say. Hey, you should smile more. 
Like I'm talking to you, and I was thinking you should smile more. What? Please well, don't beat I'm me up after saying, saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that the scene in Man of Steel was criticized for his reaction to that guy uh, pouring beer on his head and pushing him, and then that's his response to that. It was him like he was trying to stick up for somebody. He was actually acting as a hero. Captain Marvel wasn't like the, the response to each one is completely different. And I didn't understand why. Like, there's a bunch of stuff about this movie that was criticized. That being one of them. A lot of people didn't like the action, like uh, how much destruction was in the action scenes. I don't, and, I don't, um, because this came out in I think 2013. Yeah. And when it first came out, there was an insane amount of criticism. And I rewatching it, I'm like, honestly, I don't know why. Because, like, you're bringing up that scene and. Sure, it wasn't necessarily heroic, and super Superman himself probably shouldn't have destroyed that guy's he, truck. Yeah, he went but too at the far, same but time, he was still being like the hero and sticking up for her, trying to get the guy to stop. No, I don't think so. To to me, I take the scene as you know, because at the scene he wasn't necessarily he wasn't yet Superman. He yeah. wasn't yet to his Superman uh, state. He was still a guy struggling with trying to be a good person so he stuck up for her but then he also still walked away probably mad and pissed off but still decided to hold it together and walk away and then he walks outside and he's like you know what i'm still pissed off and destroys this guy's truck like that's how i took the scene because he's not he's not yet this the superman that we know um he does become that but he's not there yet which is why still pissed off he destroys this guy's truck but like uh, this movie was like heavily criticized when it was released by critics. I think it was around like fifty percent critics like this movie. Um, but if you look at it, and uh, the director was Zack Snyder, I think he helped write it too. But his response was, "I didn't make it for critics. I made it for fans of right. Superman of comics." And then if you look at IMDb, which has the fan rate uh, rate rating on it. When I looked at it yesterday, it was like at a seven out of ten. And then there's another like spot on there that said it was a perfect ten out of ten movie, for where I rated it because it's really good. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even think it's necessarily for the fans. Like, yes, it is. Sorry, hold on one second. All right, well he's here now, uh, <laughs> but I don't even like it. Yes, it's for the fans, but also like it's someone saying, "Listen, I'm gonna give Superman a real, a real shot because." This is, I think of it as like Christopher Reeve's Superman versus this one is a lot like 60s Batman with Adam West versus Michael Keaton. Okay. Or even Michael Keaton ver. no, 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 I'm not going to say that. Because it's, <laughs> it's so much more of a real serious take on the role and saying, listen, we're going to do more backstory and development with Krypton. We're going to tell you, listen, there's so much more that goes on besides the planet just destroyed and um, and we send this kid there because there's so much more to an entire planet and species of people and that goes on than just, oh, the planet's destroyed now. Um, but then also like with the development of somebody who has, who grows into the character of what we know as Superman. Like yeah. he's not just, nobody's ever just naturally that good. And we see that development in him. Yeah, there's people that are good, but like everybody has their crap they have to deal with, and we see it with him. That's what that's uh, what I really like about uh, 
Zack Snyder as a director for this movie, and then he did uh, Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice, and then he also did most of Justice League until he had to step away for personal family reasons, and Josh Whedon came in and screwed it all up. But well, from what, well, from what I understand, he he did most of Justice League, and then Josh Whedon came in and redid all of Justice League. Yeah. Well, but uh, what I was saying is I really like what Zack Snyder is doing with these DC movies with building not just uh, compared if I'm comparing it to Marvel, I guess, which a lot of people do. Right. Marvel, like a lot of times, the majority of their movies have happy endings and the majority of it is like it's not very serious right. storylines besides a couple here and there. Um, but this movie, you have actual you, they don't just take on like superhero problems. It's actual human like problems. Yeah. With this movie being uh, problems with like self identity and the struggle of him having like his relationship with his fathers, and then you have other movies in the DC universe like Shazam is the struggles of a or- orphan boy trying to find his family. Like real stuff, actual people go through compared to what Marvel does. That's why Spoiler I love. Alert. <laughs> I didn't say anything besides that. Everybody knows that's what his character is. We don't even know that's coming up yet, okay? Well, I didn't even say what character's looking for for his family. So you don't know. <laughs> but, but that's why I uh, really wish Warner Brothers would bring back Zack Snyder. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if he doesn't want to come back or if him working on doing the new Justice League Snyder cut has him excited about the DC extended universe in a way where he wants to do a second Man of Steel or he wants to keep building this universe that he started. But I think for, since we're only talking about Man of Steel, I think Man of Steel was a fantastic movie that kicked off a universe that I actually like better than like Star Wars universe or Marvel's universe. A lot of these universes that they're just trying to, they force like callback, like uh, references to old movies or they force references to, oh, did you see us hide that uniform over there? That's going to be a new character. Stuff and, like that. I mean, there's there's a little bit of that in this universe. I don't know, but I mean, kind of in this movie, but there's a little bit. But it's overall, it's not in this movie. <laughs> it's it's so much more of a serious take and saying, listen, this guy is a real real person, not necessarily human, but he deals with the same struggles that we all do. He's trying to lick the microphone. He's dealing with the same struggles. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> he's doing the same struggles that we all do. And he has, and he's like this guy that like has powers and can fly and can just uh, shoot lasers out of his eyes and do so much more than we can. But he still has to deal with the same human struggles of figuring out life and his purpose and how to handle situations and how to be a better person. This is the other guy. Hi, buddy. To be up here now. Oh, we like his Superman shirt. Hey, there we go. <laughs> but it's, uh, one last thing that I got, I only got one thing left that I wanted to mention is that a lot of times in like the Marvel uh, movies and in other super uh, superhero movies, not the DC universe though, but in other superhero movies, uh, especially the old Tim Burton, uh, Schumacher and whatever, uh, Batman movies, a lot of times like the police even like Christopher Nolan's movies, the police and government start trusting the heroes and they start working with them. And they're like, oh, but in this movie, 
even though Superman clearly comes out and says, I'm not your enemy. You have nothing to uh, worry about from me. Yeah. Even at the end of the movie, after he saves everybody, they're still trying to like spy on him with a satellite, still showing that there is still this missing trust between the government and he, uh, heroes. So there's this real this real world element because I guarantee if a superhero showed up in real life, the government wouldn't trust them. The government would want full control because he even mentioned that he's like, the only reason you're scared of me is because you can't control me. Right. So that's a real aspect of real life that they added to this movie that isn't like relevant in any other like superhero movie. I don't that I really like. As far as I'm aware, that's not a present element in any other superhero movie, but it's done so well in this one. And honestly, like it makes sense to have like in any relationship or in any, in any new circumstance, you're going to have to build that foundation of trust and, it, one, it's not been built yet, so it doesn't make sense that they would automatically just trust him. But they do two, it in other superhero movies, though. Yeah, and they do that in almost every <laughs> other superhero movie. But two, I guarantee you in real life, if even if they did build that foundation of trust, 30 years from now, they're still going to question certain things, and they're still going to be spying on him. Yeah. Like, it's just always going to happen, no matter what. But that's, that's like a small – one of those small details – that I mentioned that Zack Snyder did so well of adding to this movie that makes it like, to me at least, the perfect Superman movie. A lot of people complained about um, that at the end, this is a big spoiler, but at the end he kills General Zod, he has to snap his neck to prevent him from murdering some humans after the, at the end of their fight. A lot of people complained about that, but he, Zod literally, literally says to him at the beginning of the fight, this only ends in one, one way. Either you die or I die. Yeah. And then he's telling him before he steps his neck, he's like, don't do it. He's like, don't kill these people. Just stop. And he wouldn't stop. So he, ha- he, ha- he has to decide right there, am I going to be the hero that lets people die? Or am I going to be the hero that like saves people by stopping the villain? Yeah. So to and me, I-, I think that's like the, I think it was perfect ending. I don't think you could have ended a different way, especially with destroying the Phantom Zone door. I guess. And the thing but is, um, that's that's the only criticism that I ever remember of people criticizing this movie for. Like, I remember there being a lot of criticism, but that's the na- main one that always stuck out. And it never really made sense to me because uh, apparently people think Superman doesn't kill people. Maybe that's the case. Maybe I've missed that somewhere. But I think in this movie, they so well portray his reasoning for having to, for his actions. And um, like, the the action that he took of having to kill this person, General Zod, is so justified, and they sh- so show you why he's doing it. But also, they like this is still Superman becoming Superman. This is still yeah. him. Like this is basically Superman Year One. You know what I mean? Like Batman I... Year One, but like Superman, where it's like him still figuring out like how to what he's supposed to be doing with his life. But if I remember right, if, even if you go back to Superman Two. He kills General Zod and his two sidekicks at the end of the movie. He has like the uh, uh, Fortress of Solitudes take away their powers because he goes into the chamber that's supposed to take away his, and the chamber like takes and he reversed it so it takes away their powers instead. And then they jump to like go attack him and they fall into this crevice and die. Which I mean I don't remember. I really wish I had rewatched that movie because 
I feel like you're right. I was, I was just using that as an example yeah. of other times Superman has killed people because he's killed other people in the comics. And the thing is, like in Super, like Superman Two, the Donner Cut, that's considered one of the best superhero films of all time. And now you're gonna get mad because Man of Steel has him doing has him killing the same person. But in in, in Man of Steel, he has a reason to kill him. In Superman Two, he was just killing him to end the movie. <laughs> And this one, he's killing him, killing Zod to actually save people. And yeah. Superman too, he's not trying to like. They're like, we're just gonna take your powers away since you don't enjoy us. So he goes. Donner Cut or Superman two? I'm pretty sure it happens in the Donner Cut too. Uh, I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember which one. I, I watched, really just need to rewatch. I wish I had. <laughs> it was which... in one of them. I don't remember which one I watched. I'm pretty sure it was the Donner Cut. But they make him go into like this uh, chamber. It's like a crystal chamber. And he's they're supposed to take away his powers because he was trying to trick them into going and do it, but uh, so he goes in and it takes away theirs instead because like they he tricked them and it reversed it or whatever, and then they get mad and go to attack him and they die. Yeah, I don't remember. But either way, um, honestly, this movie is so well done, and um, at the time it came out, it was heavily criticized. I think it was unjustly criticized unfairly criticized and um it w- this whole series is regular compared to marvel and honestly yeah. this movie alone i think is i prefer over any marvel movie um maybe i'd prefer maybe i'd rather watch spider-man that's that's the only one that i'm like eh, i don't know but honestly i i the the amount that uh the tone of this movie and the amount that this material is taken seriously and you can tell they really they really cared about what they were doing and wanted to justly give Superman. Uh, they, you could tell they cared. I wish that Marvel would be doing the same thing because yeah. you can tell that a lot of Marvel's movies, they're, um, they're intentionally making it so that they're comfortable with um, a young child audience yeah. as well as older people. And I mean that's fine because that's the direction they're going, and it's making them a lot of money. But I'd love to see that material done as well as this material has here. Well, since we're talking about Marvel, one thing I don't like about Marvel movies compared to Man of Steel. Man of Steel, even though it's building a universe, it's 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 perfect as a standalone movie. Yeah. A lot of the times in Marvel's movies, you have to watch multiple other movies to understand what's happening with the whole story and any other movies like you can't watch like you mentioned spider-man you can't watch spider-man and not watch the other movies before it because you're like oh okay i think maybe the first one but for sure not the second spider-man like before references to like iron man and iron man's in it and a bunch of like the other stuff like references like before we watched um avengers movie at the beginning with the alien parts on the ground but like the majority that's what the majority of marvel movies you have to you have to watch them like in order or have seen them before to understand what's going on in the movie. And I don't have time to watch every single Marvel <laughs> movie. Like it's just not going to happen. But even like with that, cause I had to watch, I'd watched infinity war and Endgame before Spider-Man two came out, Spider-Man far from home. Yeah. And uh, when I watched it with Caitlin, I had to tell her like, all right, so just so you know, before we watch this movie, all of this happens. They disappear for like five years and then they come back. All right, here we go. Like <laughs> yeah, but because then they're like, then they're like, what? What? You have to explain it like a whole bunch. You're like, oh, you're better off just watching the movie 
to understand what happened in this one. And if you do that, then you have to watch a different movie too. And it sucks because I'm like, well, I'm aware that a lot certain people just aren't interested in a lot of those Marvel movies, but they will be interested in Spider-Man. But at the yeah. same time, like they're not going to fully understand the Spider-Man movie without having previously seen those other movies. That's what's great about these DC movies is they do connect, yeah. but they all work as standalone movies. So, and honestly, this like- this movie itself had there never been an extended DC universe. And even if they wanted to do like just a spider or a Superman series, this yeah. Man of Steel movie is so good as a standalone movie itself. It's yeah. such a it's such a good movie and such a good foundation for a Superman character. And honestly, again, the cast is so well, the director is perfect, the writing is perfect. I I don't have any problems with this movie. And I because I you regularly hear people like, oh, that's my favorite origin movie. That's my favorite origin movie. I've never once thought like any movie is like, oh, that's a perfect one until rewatching it last time. I'm like, honestly, this is just, this is it. This is what an origin movie should be. Um, and I don't know if necessarily every character should be ex- how this one is done, but so well, it's so well done. And you can tell they just, they care about the material and everything. I don't know. I feel like I'm just keep repeating myself, but <laughs> like, but it's, I, I care so much and I, I just, it's so well done. Yeah. Probably my favorite superhero movie. I really like it. I think it's the perfect. And Superman honestly, like movie. <laughs> you can't. I mean, you can see that I have the DC movies right there. I mean, honestly, like I love the DC universe so much that I own. So I own literally hundreds of DVDs. I own literally twenty Blu-ray, and nine of those twenty, uh, eight of the twenty are the eight DC films. The ninth is Joker because that movie's also great. But like literally, that's how much I like these movies compared to um, like a lot of other movies. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited for this month. This is gonna go great. I'm also really happy to not be talking about Christmas movies anymore. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I love Christmas. I love Christmas time. I'm glad it's done. <laughs> um, so yeah, that being said, come back Tuesday. We're talking about uh, Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. Um, and again, every Tuesday and Friday this month, we're talking about a different DCEU film, ending with the most recent, which is Wonder Woman 84. And then for Batman vs. Superman, we're doing the ultimate cut, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. I don't have time for that. <laughs> <I'm>, I, <laughs> the, the theatrical cut is good. You know what? We'll talk about it on Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching. Tune in Tuesday.